You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PsyQ Podcast. PsyQ is a free community and online resource library for mental health. Our podcast's goal is to share information, increase collaboration, and foster ongoing discussions that will lead to improved mental health care and patient outcomes for individuals with mental illness. Each episode provides scientific, evidence-based, educational information related to mental health, featuring thought leaders dedicated to improving mental health care together. Learn more at www.psyq.org. That's psyq.org. Hello, Psyche listeners, and welcome to this podcast on the implementation of a pharmacist-led psychiatric medication therapy management clinic. My name is Manta Sweeney from the Osaka Medical Affairs team, and it is my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Kelly Lee, who is a board-certified psychiatric pharmacist and is currently the residency program director of the TGY2 Psychiatric Pharmacy Residency at the University of California in San Diego. She is also a member of the Specialty Council, for Psychiatric Pharmacy for the Board of Pharmaceutical Specialties. So in this interview, Dr. Lee will share her experience in setting up a pharmacist-led medication therapy management program, otherwise known as MTM, in an outpatient mental health clinic. She will discuss the challenges, the opportunities, and essential components of what a successful MTM program look like and how that centers on a strong collaborative relationship with the psychiatrist. So, Dr. Lee, thank you so much for being here to share your expertise. Great. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited. And there are just several questions that I'd love to ask. So, Dr. Lee, for our audience who may not be familiar with a pharmacist-led MTM, can you please provide a basic description of how that works? Sure. So, first, let me start out by some definitions. And when I refer to MTM or in this podcast, you're asking me about MTM models, I'm really referring to CMM, or Comprehensive Medication Management, in which the pharmacist provides comprehensive assessment of the patient's clinical status, develops a patient-centered care plan, and incorporates a follow-up and evaluation plan to assess uh, the patient's progress toward whatever treatment goals that you and the psychiatrist have laid out. Of course, all of these activities are carried under a collaborative model of practice that I'll discuss later. But I just want to tell you, the audience, that these terms, I will use them interchangeably, but they are distinct in how uh, billing occurs and the activities that are involved, and they vary very drastically. So I just want to say that. With that said, most of the MTM programs that I've established involve working collaboratively with a physician under a collaborative practice agreement. And I will go into more details about what that is, but briefly, this agreement kind of outlines the scope of practice for the pharmacist, what kind of patients are seen, what is the supervisory role of the psychiatrist, and of course, what other competence certifications that are required on an ongoing basis for the physician and the pharmacist and the healthcare team. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. What are some of the unique attributes, then, of a psychiatric pharmacist-led MTM? Sure. So, foremost, the psychiatric pharmacist has the unique knowledge, training, and skills to manage patients with a variety of neuropsychiatric conditions 
And of course, there's no disagreement that patients with psychiatric conditions are one of the most underserved populations in our society, primarily stemming from a lot of different reasons, societal, economic, disease, and medication-related reasons. And it's been estimated there's about 43 million adults in the U.S. that have a mental health condition diagnosed within the past year. So this type of statistic is really staggering when we think about the shortage of mental health providers in the U.S. currently. There's a huge need for more mental health providers due in part to the national storage of psychiatrists and mental health providers who especially primarily serve the uninsured population. And so, of course, I just read a report from the National Council Medical Director Institute saying how the psychiatric workforce really needs to change and really focus on areas like telepsychiatry and collaborative care models. They specifically pointed out that I was really happy to see that board-certified psychiatric pharmacists can play a key role in improving access and outcomes for patients with psychiatric disorders. Currently, there's about 1,000 board-certified psychiatric pharmacists in the U.S., with over 2,400 projected by 2025. So, of course, the BCPPs are in a unique position to provide this advanced level of management, or CMM, that I described earlier, really managing psychiatric medications that are difficult to obtain for most patients. So I think we have the unique perspective in that we also ensure that patients with psychiatric disorders are appropriately managing their non-psychiatric conditions as well. And as we know, addressing these chronic medical conditions is equally important as psychiatric conditions in patients with mental health conditions. So when I embark on kind of developing a new service or clinic uh, with a psychiatrist or a medical director, I really focus on what the psychiatric pharmacist can provide to improve the efficiency of psychiatrists as well as improve the outcomes of our patients. For example, the psychiatrist can focus on what they're trained for, which include initial assessment and diagnosis and management of complex psychodynamic issues for patients. And the pharmacist can really focus on complex psychopharmacological issues, such as refining medication regimens, addressing adherence issues, and perhaps employing some motivational interviewing techniques for patients to address those barriers monitoring adverse drug reactions, running drug-drug interaction reports, and identifying any potential avoidable adverse events, and of course, uh, pharmacogenomics that we're trying to employ a little bit more specifically in my clinic now. So really, this type of model, this collaborative model, allows each professional to focus on their specific areas of expertise, improve the workflow in the medical setting, as well as it hopefully improve patient outcomes. So you mentioned the national shortage of mental health providers, and especially in those rural areas, perhaps, where there's a greater deficit. So for our audience members who may be practicing in those areas, what exactly do they need to know? What essential components do they need to set up a successful MTM clinic for psychiatry? Sure. I think the most important component of any pharmacist-led MTM clinic for psychiatry or even a non-psychiatric practice is a physician champion. And that might be surprising. Uh, A lot of people focus on billing, documentation, you know, um, how a clinic looks like. But I really think in in, in my past experience, having a strong physician champion has been the single most important predictor of successful models that I've established. Ideally, you also want a departmental and administrative champion as well who have fiscal responsibility. Um, But the physician champion is ideally someone who works closely with the pharmacist and who will really kind of help justify the necessity of the clinic. So I think that's number one. 
In addition, uh, it goes without saying that you want to have qualified psychiatric pharmacists who has been trained to serve the needs of the patient, the clinic, the physicians at the MTM site. Really what that is getting to is that the physicians need to feel confident that the psychiatric pharmacist is able to manage their patients appropriately since ultimately usually the responsibility uh, lies with the physician based upon the collaborative practice agreement. So if they do not feel confident about whether psychiatric pharmacists are making good judgments and decisions on medication management, then they'll be less likely to engage in that collaborative practice agreement. As far as what is needed in the collaborative practice agreement, prior to starting the clinic, the pharmacist and physician need to agree on a few things. They need to agree what type of services will be provided, meaning any specific patient population, demographics, diagnoses, disease states, type of medications, or is it a more comprehensive management of any psychiatric patients? I've also worked under that kind of agreement. Other things like, will patients with active substance use disorders will be treated? Is it maybe just a cohort of patients, private or publicly funded? Those are just some of the elements that may be considered. These needs may also be dictated by your health system as well, or core measures or any joint commission audits that may have occurred. So that may drive some of these details. Ideally, this collaborative practice agreement should be in place and approved by various entities before the clinic starts as well as a memorandum of understanding or MOU or other contractual agreement to describe kind of the financial relationship between the psychiatric pharmacist and the physician or physician group or department. Obviously, their compliance office may also be involved in terms of the type of documentation requirements that need to be outlined prior to starting the clinic. Otherwise, all of the visits will not be counted for billing. I've seen that happen as well. There's some other logistical issues, such as whether the pharmacist is credentialed within the health system to see patients if there is a process for such credentialing. And this is important because in a unique model that we're talking about, CMM or MTM, the pharmacist is no longer part of the dispensing role. So they're not covered under an inpatient pharmacy or an outpatient pharmacy kind of coverage of your scope of practice. So this is completely outlining a different scope of practice that is unique under a CMM or MTM. This process may require formal process of review and a collaborative practice agreement by a pharmacy and therapeutics committee or any other entity that really credentials professionals within the health system, such as similar to how physician assistants or nurse practitioners may be credentialed. Other considerations, for example, I have a DA license that allows me to prescribe medications that are scheduled. And so that may be a consideration depending upon the type of patients you see, whether you're primarily prescribing opiates or stimulants and so forth. So what will this, this be processed for handling prescriptions and refills if you do not have such a license or if your state doesn't allow pharmacists to be a mid-level practitioner in that scope? Of course, other considerations include clinic location, where you'll be, what you give a space, do you have a template for establishing a caseload for the pharmacist, What's the patient flow between when patients check in and how will they be routed to you? The ideal situation would be that a pharmacist's workflow should be very similar or mimic other providers in the clinic. This is to establish the fact that the pharmacist is a recognized provider in the clinic, but this also allows you to track important outcomes made by you in the clinic, such as number of patients seen, no-shows, interventions, so if you do not have your own caseload or template for receiving patients, your interventions or work may be completely missed by the health system. So it's important that if you do not have your own caseload, there needs to be another mechanism 
for documentation of your value to the service. Thank you so much for that very thorough checklist. Now, as we know, like anything in life, doing something worthwhile often doesn't come easy. So as you were setting up this MTM clinic, did you encounter any challenges? And if so, can you talk a little bit more about them? Sure. I think the biggest challenge that I've faced and continue to face given budgetary shortages uh, is really just a justification of services of the psychiatric pharmacist. This is an ongoing, I think, battle that we all face in our daily lives for really pharmacists in general who are providing more of a mid-level practitioner type of service under like a CMM model. Unfortunately, despite the wonderful type of services that psychiatric pharmacists provide to patients, family, and other providers, unfortunately, is still largely an unknown entity. There is an identity crisis, I think, within the pharmacy profession. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, in that there is no one type of pharmacist. And specialization within our profession is still novel within the medical community. Often when I mention that I'm a psychiatric pharmacist, most are fairly surprised that such a specialty exists. And many providers in the health system still try to associate me with some type of pharmacy dispensing role. So if we're going to advance the MTM-CMM service and model provided by psychiatric pharmacists, we really have to change this perception. We need to grow the number of psychiatric pharmacists and maintain a strong training programs that really serve the needs of patients not only for today but in, in the future. I think there's also some discussions that have occurred whether the pharmacists would be competing with physicians for patients and eventually revenue. And I've had those discussions as well, and that what does this mean for their bottom line? And so if you are impacting the revenue flow for the physicians in the clinic, you are less likely to gain a win, I guess, for having a type of that model in place. So usually I work collaboratively with physicians, and the visits are billed under incident two billing. So this still allows the patients to be seen by the pharmacist independently, yet still remain kind of under a physician collective caseload and billing and revenue flow. So that has not been the issue for, for me in the past. However, I know that those struggles still continue to exist for many folks. And of course, I'd be remiss in not mentioning some of the, the legislative battles that we've had regarding billing and reimbursement for pharmacy services. I think the pharmacist billing, like a nurse practitioner and a physician assistant, it's still tricky. I think that discussion should be carefully weighed with the cost of doing business, such as the cost of a pharma's salary and percent effort, administrative fees that are involved, expected reimbursement rates, and expectation of revenue generation by the health system, if there is any, has to be carefully weighed against the benefit of having the pharmacist being able to bill. So the business proposal that should be drafted prior to starting a clinic has to take into account all of these tangible and intangible costs of doing business. And that means that we need to think differently about what is our value added to the MTM model and the clinic overall and within the health system. Well, as a pharmacist, I'd like to thank you personally for setting a strong example of highlighting the value of psychiatric pharmacists. I think we have time for one more question. So do you have any last thoughts on implementing a pharmacist-led MPM program, specifically in the outpatient mental health clinic? Sure, as I mentioned, I cannot stress the importance of having 
a strong physician champion. That has really been a highlight of every successful model that I've established in multiple different areas, inpatient, outpatient, primary care setting integrative model, or just a specialty psychiatric clinic model. Uh, really, I've had very strong physician champions who I still to this day I work closely with and I really value those relationships. And they have really been the key to my ability to work with them jointly and collaboratively uh, with them to manage our patients. Also, when pharmacists think about when pharmacists think about patient care, I think the pharmacists need to think globally as well, not just on the individual patient level, but how does what you do as a pharmacist contribute to the overall missions and goals of the institution? Are you able to justify your services fiscally as well as meeting patient satisfaction goals, for example, other core measures that the institution values? I feel like at times we get so mired in the day-to-day -day activities of a clinic that we lose sight of what we're doing and whether our missions align with those of the institution and the global population that we serve. And so I think we need to not forget those goals. In addition, establishing a good relationship with staff, meaning the allied support staff, the MAs, the PAs, the nurses, everyone who is involved, receptionists, are also very key people that will help you to smooth the transition of being a provider in a clinic. I have really good relationships with all of my staff that I've ever worked with. And, you know, you need to do your best campaigning of what a good pharmacist can do for the clinic. And so be a good citizen, attending staff meetings, participating in policy decision making. Everything that we do is a reflection of the psychiatric pharmacist and pharmacist profession as a whole. So unfortunately, because we're not always a necessary or given commodity in a clinic, like a nurse maybe, or a PA, or a receptionist, we constantly have to demonstrate that our expertise and value to the clinical enterprise is important. And so I just want to end with that, and I think there are many other components that I have not had a chance to talk about, but I think those are really the key components of a successful MTM model. And with that, I think that's about all the time we have for today. For more information on this topic, please see Development of a Pharmacist, Psychiatrist, Collaborative Medication Therapy Management Clinic, which is an article that's published online by the Journal of American Pharmacists Association in the November and December 2012 edition. Dr. Lee, it was a pleasure speaking with you and learning more about how our profession can successfully lead and implement a psychiatric MTM clinic. Thank you very much.